Good evening and welcome to NTD News. I'm Stephanie Cox. Here are today's top stories. The latest inflation numbers are in. How prices are moving and what the administration says amid pressure from Republicans. The Justice Department's 60-day rule means it can't prosecute former President Trump as Election Day approaches. But what about congressional investigations? On Capitol Hill today, Senator Lindsey Graham proposes a national abortion ban. What's in his bill and do others support it? As the midterms approach, who's likely to vote and who's likely to win? We ask a chief pollster for his take on the latest numbers. And a Twitter whistleblower testifies at a Senate hearing. He says Twitter leadership didn't seem to care when it was alleged that a Chinese spy was working for the company. Inflation, stubbornly high in August. NTD's Iris Tao has more on what the latest numbers tell us and how President Biden and lawmakers are reacting. Prices continue to rise in August, dashing hopes that inflation would ease. According to the Consumer Price Index released on Tuesday, overall prices rose 0.1% last month after dropping to zero in July. On an annual basis, prices are up 8.3% compared to last year. An economist tells NTD. That's disappointing because we had been sort of hoping that we could put this worst episode of inflation behind us. And we may have seen a peak, but it's certainly not leveling off at a substantial pace. The higher-than-expected numbers were driven by increases in food prices and rent, offsetting the recent decline in gas prices. The Dow plunges more than 1,200 points on Tuesday over inflation fears. Meanwhile, Democrats and the president held a White House celebration on Tuesday of the Inflation Reduction Act. This bill cut costs for families, helped reduce inflation at the kitchen table. So I don't want to hear it anymore about big spending Democrats. We spend, but we pay. This administration, who still don't get it. Republicans, however, urged the administration to stop spending and cheering. They continue to celebrate the tax increases, the amount of spending they're doing, and inflation continues to choke the American people. And so we have no more votes this afternoon because all of the Democrats have headed to the White House to celebrate this. And I guarantee what we're going to see from this law is higher inflation. We see that today. Meanwhile, the Federal Reserve is facing more pressure to tame inflation as prices remain high. It'll decide whether to impose another supersized interest rate hike next week. And Fed officials have made clear that they aren't going to back off until inflation starts to recede in a meaningful manner. Reporting in Washington, D.C., Iris Tao, NTD News. Attorney Ken Starr, who led the investigation into former President Bill Clinton's Whitewater affair, has died. He was 76 years old. His family says he died of complications from surgery in Houston, Texas. Starr is best known for being the independent counsel on the Clinton investigation in 1994, which eventually led to Clinton's impeachment in 1998. And now to Trump's legal disputes. With less than 60 days before the November election, the 60-day rule stops the DOJ from openly prosecuting the former president. But that rule doesn't apply to Congress. NTD's Arlene Richards gives us the latest developments from House and Senate investigations. 
We are seeking detailed accounting of all of the materials that were included in those 15 boxes that were delivered to a summer home, including all classified documents uh, that were recovered. That's Democrat Representative Carolyn Maloney, chair of the House Oversight Committee back in February. She told MSNBC the committee was expanding its investigation into records recovered by the National Archives from former President Trump's Florida home. The investigation started weeks before Trump left office. Tuesday, Maloney sent another letter to the archives, this time requesting they get a personal certification from Donald Trump that he has surrendered all presidential records, which she says were taken illegally from the White House. In the letter, she expressed continued concern that sensitive presidential records may remain out of the control and custody of the U.S. government. Maloney said the committee has the power to amend the Presidential Records Act, but the House isn't alone in its investigation. Yesterday, in a letter to Attorney General Merrick Garland, the Senate Judiciary Committee asked for all records related to alleged political interference by the Trump-era Justice Department. This probe comes as former New York U.S. Attorney Jeffrey Berman publishes a book about his investigations during the Trump administration. Berman has said he was fired by then-Attorney General William Barr because his department's investigations were a threat to Trump's 2020 re-election chances. Rachel, my book, as you know, is all about transparency. Uh, you know, I wanted people to understand the full scope of the outrageous and improper political interference by Trump's Justice Department in the cases of the Southern District of New York. With less than 60 days until the November election, the Justice Department served over 40 subpoenas on Trump allies in a renewed effort to probe events that occurred on January 6. Arlene Richards, NTD News, New York. More of the affidavit used in the raid of Mar-a-Lago has been unredacted. But we aren't learning much new information. The DOJ actually asked for the new release. They say that the details were already discussed during the special master hearings. They include specifics of classification markings and confirm that Trump returned some documents during prior subpoenas. And a 15-week ban on abortions in every state. That's what senior Senator Lindsey Graham proposed today. Democrats were quick to push back. NTD's Melina Weiskup reports. This abortion bill that Senator Graham just introduced today would place a national abortion ban after 15 weeks of pregnancy. Now, there are exceptions, that is, if the mother's life is at risk, or in cases of rape and incest, that is, if those crimes have been officially documented. Senator Graham says the goal of this bill is to make our abortion laws consistent with the rest of the world and to prevent abortions of pain-capable babies that if you have to provide anesthesia to keep the baby from feeling pain to help save its life, should we as a nation be aborting babies that can feel excruciating pain from an abortion? Speaking to a packed room, the senator explained that this bill serves to counter Democrats' national abortion proposal, allowing abortion on demand in every state. Graham calls the Democrats' proposal an extreme one, saying it puts us on par with just seven other countries, including North Korea and China. But mainly the tactic here is to uh, ignite more public discussion around this issue. Um, Senator Graham mentioned this point. We also heard this point from the president of March for Life just after that conference. Um, so let's listen to what they had to say. 
Right now, 28 states in the country have unlimited abortion, and so this will work towards a common sense law in those states to enact limitations. We're trying to pick a position we think will rally the country to be more sympathetic to an unborn child. Democrats were quick to condemn Graham's proposal. The White House releasing a statement calling ideas like this, quote, continued radical steps by elected Republicans. Proposals like the one today send a clear message from MAGA Republicans to women across the country. Your body, our choice. But could this bill be taken up in a Republican majority? Leadership today downplayed that possibility. In terms of scheduling, I think most of the members of my conference prefer that this be dealt with at the state level. This contrasts with his previous comments on the issue. Just a couple of months ago, McConnell said a national ban on abortion was, quote, possible. Reporting in Washington, D.C., Melina Weiskop, NTD News. And with that in mind, midterms are now just eight weeks away. Tonight, the last primaries are wrapping up with elections in Rhode Island and New Hampshire. A key race to watch tonight is New Hampshire's U.S. Senate race. Democrat Senator Maggie Hassan is up for re-election. And last time she was on the ballot, she won narrowly against her Republican opponent. And looking more broadly at voter trends as the midterms approach, I spoke with Robert Cahaley, Trafalgar Group's chief pollster, earlier today. Robert Cahaley, welcome to our show. Thank you for joining us. It's good to be here. Now, Republicans had been hoping for a red wave in the coming midterm elections. What do you think is going to happen based on what you're seeing? Well, we see a, a significant tightening in a lot of the key races. I, I would point you four kind of bellwether states. Uh, uh, you look at Pennsylvania, uh, what was once a double-digit lead uh, by Fetterman um, is now close to uh, most recent polls all show Oz within five, three polls in a row. Uh, what was looked at as a, a significant uh, victory by Warnock, uh, and now uh, three polls in a row show uh, Walker leading that race. Uh, Ohio, you've got three polls in a row that uh, demonstrate that uh, J.D. Vance has a, a pretty uh, substantial uh, lead uh, and uh, is maintaining that uh, in the four or five-point range. And even uh, Arizona, another big bellwether, uh, seen very much as uh, a distance, and Blake Masters is going to have a real hard time in the most recent polls are four, six, and two. And so that, that shows it's, it's close to the low single digits there. So I, I see things getting more competitive. Uh, we see it from primarily uh, due to some of the the things the Biden administration is doing, and most particularly the student loan uh, forgiveness thing, really upset a lot of uh, mainstream voters. People felt like it was extremely unfair. The word we kept hearing was fair. This isn't fair. Uh, you know, some people had to do this, some people had to do, you know, they didn't go to college, that they paid their loans off. But what was even more interesting is the students that we talked to who received or expect to receive the money were saying things like, oh, I owed $120,000, gee, thanks, now I owe 110. Uh, that's a semester, awesome. I mean, so uh, it, Biden managed to, managed to make no one happy and upset everyone while giving away money. All right, now to Trump-backed Republican candidates. They're doing much better than those without his support. A recent example being Massachusetts primary for governor. What does that tell us about what Republican voters want? Trump is a rejection of Biden. Biden was a rejection of Trump. Uh, 
So it, it, it's very much a, you know, one way or the other. And so what this is based on is this election is going to come down to, do you think as a voter, things have been better for you, that things have gone better since Trump was out and Biden was in? Or did you like the way that things were before? So, you know, I say, and I've said this a few times, running with Joe Biden as the president, if you're uh, running on a Democrat ticket, is like living in a house with termites. You might not notice there's a problem on the outside. Everything looks fine. Nobody's talking about it. But before it's over, it's going to be the only thing that matters. And before it's over, this is going to be a referendum on Joe Biden and the Biden administration, and it's going to make it very tough uh, for those people who've been lukewarm on that. And the Trump-backed candidates clearly uh, are seen as rejections of the entire Biden agenda. And there's been a lot of talk also about whether the FBI's raid of Mar-a-Lago will help or hurt Trump-backed candidates. What's your take on that? I think that 2022 is a lot like 2021 was, and it's about motivating the people who voted in 2020 to vote in a in a non-presidential election. Uh, whoever won, whoever turned out the most people in 2021 was going to win Virginia. And the Republicans did a little bit better job than the Democrats did. But it's all about grabbing those people who don't usually vote in a particular election cycle and bringing them in. This is not a motivation election. This is not a persuasion election. It is a motivation election. So I think it will motivate some Democrats, but it will also motivate, we've seen probably to a greater degree, Republicans who say enough is enough. And so now looking at New York, a recent Trafalgar Group poll found that Governor Kathy Hochul had only a 4% lead over Republican candidate Lee Zeldin. Does this narrow margin surprise you at all? Not really, because she's universally uh, blamed for a lot of the uh, no cash bail and all, all the crime. And you've got people, I mean, you, you just look through some of the people that are lifelong Democrats that are just saying, crime is their number one issue and they've had enough. The the images of, of the kind of crime that's happening on New York uh, streets and uh, is taking what should be the anchor, which is the city and the New York suburbs, that should be the Democrat Party anchor, and making that far more competitive than it should be because they're just dissatisfied with what they've got. It's not an embrace of Republicans, it is a rejection of the incumbency. And do you think that we'll see similar trends in other Democrat-run cities? Yes. I think that, in general, this is an anti-incumbent election. And I think we're going to see that in a lot of places. And, you know, people talk about the map being difficult for Republicans, but especially when you look at the Senate, it's important to remember that three of those Republican seats they're defending, Alabama, Ohio, and Pennsylvania, the Republicans are not running incumbents. They're running fresh faces. And so... Uh, that gives them a little edge in this kind of voting out the incumbents move. All right. Thank you so much, Robert Cahaley, Trafalgar Group Chief Pollster. We appreciate your time. Thank you. A Twitter whistleblower testified before senators today. He said that Twitter executives appeared unmoved when they were notified of allegations that a Chinese spy was working for the company. NTD's Jason Perry has that story. What I discovered when I joined Twitter was that this enormously influential company was over a decade behind 
industry security standards. Peter Zatko, also known as Mudge, is the former head of security at Twitter. He testified that many Twitter employees had unnecessary access to users' personal information. And this kind of vulnerability is not in the abstract. It's not far-fetched to say that employee inside the company could take over the accounts of all of the senators in this room. Senator Chuck Grassley explained that it was more than just Twitter employees with such access. Because of Mudge's disclosures, we've learned that personal data from Twitter users was potentially exposed to foreign intelligence agencies. Senator Mike Lee wanted to know why Twitter hasn't done more to increase data security. I think they would like to, but they're simply unwilling to put the effort in at the cost of other uh, efforts such as driving revenue. Um, I'm reminded of one conversation with an executive when I said, I am confident that we have a foreign agent, and their response was, well, since we already have one, what does it matter if we have more? Let's keep growing the office. NTD received the following reply from Twitter. Twitter's hiring process is independent of any foreign influence, and access to data is managed through background checks and other measures. The Delaware judge overseeing the Elon Musk versus Twitter case ruled last week that Musk can include new evidence related to Zach Goh's allegations in the trial, which is set to start October 17th. Jason Perry, NTD News. Coming up in NFL news, unvaccinated superstar Aaron Rodgers gives a very frank appraisal of his thoughts on the pandemic response. NTD's Dave Martin shares the highlights. Multiple events designed to teach children about sexuality are taking place this month. Our reporter spoke with an expert on trauma and sexual abuse to learn about the potential impact explicit content can have on kids. In Katy, Texas, a Christian church plans to hold a drag bingo event open to families later this month. The church openly supports LGBT populations and has a clothing boutique for trans and exploring teens, youth and young adults. Elsewhere in Texas, a teacher was fired from her job at an El Paso high school on Friday. That's after she told students not to judge people who want to have sex with five-year-olds. This clip of her surfaced on social media. Not attractive persons. So don't judge people just because they want to have sex with a five-year-old. And on Sunday in Idaho, various drag activities aimed at children were held at the Boise Pride Festival. Jennifer Bawins is the director of the Center for Family Studies at the Family Research Council. She says some people think that children are innately sexual, so teaching them explicit content is helping the kids. But according to Bowens, teaching this content to young children can traumatize them, especially kids who were abused in the past. So not only um, is there an early introduction for kids who haven't experienced trauma, but then those who have gone through something traumatic, uh, there's, there's also this, whether someone says it or not, there's a kind of consent that's given to this behavior. She says these days, kids as young as four are learning how to have sex. There is absolutely no need for a four-year-old to hear about that kind of 
material. She added that schools and other institutions should teach biology to kids at later ages, but that topics associated with values should stay within the family. Reporting by Arian Pazdar, NTD News. The largest teachers union in California spied on parents who were trying to reopen schools during the COVID-19 pandemic. And NTD's Daniel Hall spoke with the man at the center of it. The California Teachers Association, or CTA, targeted a grassroots parent group that worked to get schools reopened during pandemic lockdowns. That's according to Jonathan Zackerson, founder of Reopen California Schools. The revelation came through a public records request. The public records request uh, came from parents uh, in, down in San Diego at this particular school district, unrelated uh, to this uh, incident that they came across. Uh, in gathering documents uh, for this, uh, they noticed that their particular organization, Parent Association, was targeted by the California Teachers Association. Back in March 2021, Parent Association successfully sued the state of California to reopen schools. Emails revealed that a CTA research assistant, Ann Swinburne, was investigating the parent group and its financing. The California Teachers Association researcher sent an email uh, to some uh, connected uh, people who are connected to the local union there asking for uh, essentially dirt and uh, and some political affiliations and leanings of these parents that successfully sued to get schools to reopen. Last week, after Reopen California Schools went public with this information, Swinburne deleted her Twitter account. Before she deleted it or even through some archives, we see comments of her, her making essentially to that point over and over again uh, that she's trying to find out these groups, this is targeted, uh, you know, this is right wing, uh, this is uh, uh, right wing dark money groups that are funding this. And we just got to find out the, the pattern and find out who's funding them. And then we can ultimately discredit them. According to Zacherson, CTA is very involved politically. The association has over 300,000 members and is one of the most powerful teacher unions in the state. He described CTA's tactics as a, quote, smear campaign. A year and a half ago, when we were trying to get schools open, uh, we were called racist, we were, call we were called uh, white supremacists, uh, we were called all sorts of names uh, to try to uh, discredit the fact that we just wanted our kids in schools. NTD reached out to CTA for comment. Daniel Hall, NTD News, California. And now over to sports news. Here's NTD's Dave Martin with today's top stories. NFL star and California native Aaron Rodgers is one of a very few high-profile athletes not vaccinated against COVID-19. And he was critical of his home state's pandemic response on a recent podcast with Bill Maher. I grew up in a small town, very little cases up in Chico, California, but all the small businesses are gone. Rodgers also touched on the restrictions that other non-vaccinated athletes have endured referencing Nets star Kyrie Irving as one of the more nonsensical cases. He attended a basketball game and got to watch it in the stands but couldn't play on his team because he wasn't vaxxed. Rogers also shared his thoughts on a California bill that will penalize doctors for spreading unapproved information about COVID-19. I just told you, Gavin Newsom is thinking about signing a bill to criminalize, criminalize medical misinformation. Yeah, based on whose standard of misinformation? So, Rodgers and his Packers lost to the Vikings in their week one opener and will look to rebound in week two against the Bears on Sunday night. 
In college football news, the defending champion Georgia Bulldogs are the new number one team. Kirby's smart squad overtook Alabama at the top of the AP poll after blowing out Oregon 49-3 and following that up with a 33-0 win over Samford last Saturday. The Crimson Tide, meanwhile, struggled against Texas, needing a late field goal to win 20-19. Other notable moves include Kentucky moving up to number 9 from 20 after beating Florida, Texas A&M dropped from 6th to 24th after their home loss to Appalachian State, and Notre Dame fell out of the polls altogether after their 0-2 start. Finally, tonight's sports schedule includes 15 baseball games, including an Angels-Guardians matchup, where superstar Mike Trout, who's homered in seven straight contests, will look to tie the record at eight. That's all for your sports news today. Back to you, Steph. Thanks, Dave. And that's all for today's news. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Stephanie Cox.